because our brain is literally, it controls everything. It determines how successful we are. It determines the quality of our relationships. It literally influences everything in our life. So I always think of brain first. And also if we think about the actual consumption of the brain, a large portion of our calories that we consume every day are literally just used by the brain, even though, you know, it's it's a relatively small part of our body. It's about two pounds, but it's consuming about 30% of our caloric intake every single day. So everything that I put into my mouth when I'm eating and choosing what I'm going to have for a meal, I think is this going to promote better mental clarity and brain health, or is it going to be a negative for my brain health? Hey, Dr. Axe here. If you could discover how to add more healthy years to your life, would you want to know? Of course. That's where Inside Tracker steps in, dedicated to enhancing your health span for a more robust and thriving life. Inside Tracker harnesses the intricate data of your body to formulate personalized strategies that align perfectly with your unique needs. By assessing your blood, DNA, and seamlessly syncing with your fitness device, Inside Tracker gives you a clear roadmap backed by science-backed recommendations on things like nutrition, exercise, supplements, and lifestyle fine-tuning. If you're an Ancient Health Podcast listener, Inside Tracker is giving you a 20% discount. All you have to do is go to insidetracker.com slash ax20 to take the first stride towards optimizing your well-being. Your future will thank you for it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to the Ancient Health Podcast. Today, we're having a conversation on longevity. And if you've heard a lot of buzz and noise around this, it looks a lot different right now than it did even when we had these conversations 10, 15 years ago. Longevity in this modern day age is different. And I think it's important that we have these conversations because when we're talking about the quality of our life, really the substance of who we are and how we get to experience life, we've got to look at the habits that we're choosing every single day. So our guest today, Kayla Barnes, is the CEO and co-owner of Live the Wellness Space. It's one of the country's most innovative longevity medicine and biology upgrading clinics. She has a background in nutrition and is a certified brain health coach. She's also the creator of the amazing podcast called Brain Biohacking Podcast. Definitely check her out over there. She has some great conversations and guests, and she's the co-founder of the Health Optimization Fund. I love this conversation with Kayla because we talked about ways to simplify looking at the body and looking at practices that improve longevity. So if you've been overwhelmed or maybe just thought, you know, I don't live in a blue zone, I don't know that that's gonna apply to me. This episode, I think will clarify some action steps for you. So tune in, take some notes, hit the show notes up if you're looking for links or more information about her and what she does to really improve the space of brain health and longevity. I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. Thank you, Kayla, for joining us. We really appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we, I want to dive right in. And I think that maybe this first question might, it, it may take us on a little bit of a journey, but I would love to know your thoughts since this is your world. And I'm sure that there is a personal story that's connected to why you are brought into the space of longevity. But what do you feel like right now? What does longevity mean to people in 2023 or even beyond? Like, what, what does that mean? Like, why is it important to you? What, what is the world of longevity, like how does that look for us today that maybe has been different in the past? Absolutely. So longevity is really not only improving the number of years that we have on this planet, but the health in those years. 
So I think that for so long, we've been told that aging is a process and you can expect this at 30 and you can expect this at 40 and your peak is, let's say, 20. But we now know that there are so many different interventions from, of course, lifestyle habits, diet, nutrition, but then all of these more kind of advanced practices in regenerative longevity medicine that can really extend the number of healthy years that we have. And that's really the goal. You know, I can't sit here and say as much as everyone kind of in my circles would love to say that we are going to live forever. I can't necessarily say that that's going to be the case. But what I do know and what I see clinically on a day-to-day basis and even feel for myself is that we can definitely have that vibrant health for much longer than we've been told that we can. Many times, you know, patients will come in and say, well, my doctor told me it was aging. And, you know, we can look at labs and we can optimize so many of those values and people feel so much better. So it's really just extending the number of healthy years that we have and, you know, hopefully extending the number of years that we're here as well. Mm. With the uh, longevity, I don't say movement, I guess it's really has become more of an attention uh, grabber in the last few years because with all the advances in medical technology, even in nutritional um, technology, what do you see as, for example, like the forefront of nutritional help with longevity? What has been pushing it? Because we started to see things about collagen and things about like bone broth and that made your skin look younger. And people were like, I really want my skin to look younger. And now they started finding things like NAD and they found different types of nutrients that actually can help with the cells aging process. In your clinics, do you guys definitely put in different types of nutritional programs? I know you do, but could you explain some of the basic programs that you guys do in your clinics to actually help start this process? Yeah, absolutely. So in our clinic, everything is bio-individual because one diet that suits me well can maybe not suit you so well. So we do a lot of advanced labs and in-depth testing to help someone identify what they're lacking so we know where to supplement. So we all know the basics of a healthy diet, right? We want enough protein. We want to eliminate like added sugars, refined sugars. We want to eliminate processed foods, really just eating whole foods. If you just remove all the processed foods and kind of the, the middle aisles of the grocery store, the fresh food and vegetables and and meats and things like that are on the outside aisles. So that's where I typically tell patients to shop. But if you really want to dial it in, we need to look at nutrient status. So we do a lot of testing called a Nutri-E-Valve, which is going to look at where your nutrient status is. So then you can eat more foods that are rich in those specific nutrients, or you can supplement with them. So it's really unique to every single patient and also what the patient's goals or or desires are. So if you're a bodybuilder, you're going to have a very different nutritional requirement than if you're looking to just extend health span or you're not working out as much. So everyone is really unique. And so that's why when you have the data to really develop a customized plan for that person, it's so much more beneficial in the long run. The other thing that we do a lot of is um, CGM testing. We work, my friend, Dr. Casey is the one of the co-founders of a company called Levels. And so it's really interesting because people can think that they're eating a really healthy diet, right? But everyone responds differently from a blood glucose standpoint. And if we want to be the most optimized, we possibly can. We want to look at lab values. We want to eat based on what we need. 
and based upon the pillars of standard nutritional, I would say, excellence. But then we also want to look at how our body responds to different foods because mm. I can eat a sweet potato and you guys could eat a sweet potato and we could have a totally different blood sugar response. So mm. a lot of times with new patients, we will also give them or send them or set them up with a levels Dexcom for the first few months and see how their body is responding. We actually have a platform that gives us real-time data on a mm -hmm. ton of different health trackers for our clients. So we can see what their glucose is that day. We can see how many steps they've taken. They can connect their aura ring. They can connect their Withing smart scale. We can see their body composition and we can track those improvements over time, which is really exciting. But from a nutritional standpoint, outside of the basics mm -hmm. of what I mentioned before, and really, you know, an anti-inflammatory diet, mm -hmm. we really want to make that super custom. So like the bio-individuality is a big focus in your clinic. So one person who has a really thin frame as opposed to somebody who has a big muscular frame, you have to approach them differently. And with brain health, though, Kayla, like when you give them nutrients, like if you have somebody has different goals and you start to give them nutrients and it actually builds up their brain, it's great because the patient can see, right? Like they can see that they've actually changed because you're giving them nutrients to actually build their brain because I think it's very neglected. I think in our culture today, they like, they're like, well, build the muscles and build everything in the body, but they forget the brain. Like brain health is a big aspect of this. So do when you when they come into your clinic, when they get their their bioindividual like program, it also shows them how their brain can be affected by this and how it can actually turn on their brain and help them in certain ways. Absolutely. I mean, some of the chief complaints we'll say is low energy and brain fog. And unfortunately, and I do think this is changing, but unfortunately, most people start to think about their brain health much mm. later in life. You know, you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, when you maybe start to forget where your keys are or realize you're having a little bit of memory lapse. But I'm excited because I feel like brain health is really being brought to the forefront because our brain is literally, it controls everything. It determines how successful we are. It determines the quality of our relationships. It literally influences everything in our life. So I always think of brain first. And also, if we think about the actual consumption of the brain, a large portion of our calories that we consume every day are literally just used by the brain, even though, you know, it's, mm. it's a relatively small part of our body. It's about two pounds, but it's consuming about 30% of our caloric intake every single day. So everything that I put into my mouth when I'm eating and choosing what I'm going to have for a meal, I think is this going to promote better mental clarity and brain health, or is it going to be a negative for my brain health? Mm -hmm. We definitely want to make sure that all of our you know, patients that live have things like healthy fats. We know that that's super important for brain health, things like avocado, um, olive oil, even you know, in moderation, like grass-fed and finished butter um, or grass-fed butter. And then we also want to look at things like EPA. We actually test for the levels EPA. And then we want to make sure you're getting a lot of those fatty fish as well. So we always want to prioritize brain healthy foods, blueberries. We love, there's a whole variety, you know, dark leafy greens, even protein is super important because we know that having enough protein is actually the basis of what builds our neurotransmitters. So if we want a better brain, we absolutely have to focus on what we're eating and our nutritional status. Mm, so it's a, a big, so a big prevention play, placement in your clinic about preventive health with the brain. That's great. Sorry, Courtney, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I, I love that you just mentioned protein too, because we've mentioned this on several episodes recently, because a lot of women especially are just not getting enough protein, but they're experiencing the symptoms that you're talking about where they have low energy, 
or they just don't feel as sharp. They feel like, oh, maybe I've got two or three hours of a window in the morning where I really feel like I got it all together. And then after that, I'm just kind of going through the motions. So I'm, it's, it kind of makes me a little bit curious then because brain health is a really important component of everything that you do. What are some of the other unsuspecting ways that your brain is being affected by some of the variables that people are just choosing or maybe subconsciously choosing outside of nutrition? Yeah. So a lot of the basic ones, of course, are nutrition, sleep. I mean, our body's glymphatic system is most active at night. It's like I think of it as the cellular waste and cleaning process for the brain. I mean, getting really high quality restorative sleep is absolutely essential. I think that's a pretty well-known fact though at this point. So, I mean, I use, again, like some sort of tech to measure my sleep. You don't need to do that. You can kind of just objectively decide if you had a a good night's sleep or not, but I use the aura ring. So sleep is so incredibly important. But a few of the more lesser known things are toxins, to be honest with you. So we live in a world that is a higher toxic burden than we've ever experienced before. And where are these, you know, toxins that I'm referring to coming from? Um, our water. If you look at your local tap water on something like the Environmental Working Group local local tap water, it'll literally break down what's in the tap water. And many people are drinking this all the time or showering in this, things of that nature. So I, of course, have like a reverse osmosis water filter. Some people do whole home water filters. I have a shower water filter. Our food, you know, we're having glyphosate and these known carcinogens sprayed on our food at a higher amount than ever before. We also have things like personal care products and we have shower gel and fragrance and even unfortunately home couches or beds. There's all of these toxic substances in those items and we're leaving the home every day with tons of additional chemicals that we didn't have before. So I think looking at toxins, things like heavy metals are really important too when it comes to brain health. Some people, and we don't have to go down like biological dentistry pathway, but even some people with heavy metals in the mouth, it's interesting. So I have a biological dentist and he told me that the mercury comes in on a biohazard truck and leaves on a biohazard truck. But for some reason, you know, it's been deemed appropriate to have inside of our mouths. So oftentimes there's multiple different types of Alzheimer's dementia, by the way, it's not just one type. Mm -hmm. Um, There's vascular, so you're not getting enough blood flow. There is a, a toxic essentially form. So we always really like to look at heavy metal toxicity, environmental toxins, and even things like mold and mycotoxins. So we do something called a total tox burden and look at all of those different toxin levels. Because when you think about brain-related disease, Mm -hmm. it's really just functional medicine. So what's causing the issue? Just like everything that we experience, if we have a headache or unexplained weight gain, or we can't lose weight or tons of low energy, what's the reason? And unfortunately, Western medicine isn't currently designed to figure that reason out. Typically, Mm -hmm. the visits are too short. And it's not because these doctors don't have amazing intentions because for sure, tons of them are friends of mine and they all do. But Mm -hmm. it's the way that the system is created that unfortunately, we don't have the time and insurance does not cover testing such as the tests we're talking about right now. So that's the unfortunate thing. But the, the good thing is, is there are clinics like mine that are popping up all the time. And if you are able to, you can really dive deep and work on solving the issues before they turn into a, a major problem, chronic disease, issues with your brain health, so on and so forth. 
Another thing is definitely gut health. I think that connection has been pretty well established, but the gut is being called the second brain at this point. We actually have neurons inside of our gut and our gut is so influential. I mean, our gut and our brain communicate directly. So for most patients, one of the first tests that we run is a really extensive gut test. The gut is so complicated and there are many amazing probiotics out there. But the problem with that is if you don't have any idea what you're actually treating, it's difficult to just prescribe a one-size-fits-all probiotic. So when we look at the gut, it's going to actually break down all of the levels of dysbiosis, which is like an overgrowth of bad bacteria. It'll tell us uh, too, too little of good bacteria. And then the goal is to really kind of weed out or get rid of any sort of parasites or infections or viruses, things of that nature, and then reduce the dysbiosis. And then we go in and give probiotics where they are needed because everyone can have a different level of good probiotics. So, you know, for me, I may be low in acromancia, but you may be low in something else. So therefore I take what I actually need going back to that bio-individuality. Yeah. I, I got to ask this really fast because this has been something on my mind that I, I've been just kind of wrestling with. And it's, I've seen so many people and I've seen this with clients in the past and, but also just in my everyday real life that there are so many nutrient deficiencies, but the terrain is just so wrecked because there's constant infection, there's microbial imbalances, there's lack of diversity. So it's like, where do you start? Because with somebody that is more vulnerable, like they, they don't have a lot of resiliency, their baseline is kind of low just in terms of them being able to metabolically do anything. So they can't really detoxify that well, and they can't digest foods that well, and they can't produce a lot of bile and they've got poor motility, all of these things. So in your opinion, like is the starting point for most people balancing the gut flora, then bringing in, you know, some of the nutrients, mm. because I always wonder about like the sequence of things, you know, because if you can't absorb the nutrients well, cause your gut's so inflamed, is it even worth throwing all the extra nutrients at it, knowing that your body can't really metabolize it that well? That may be like a total tangent, but I figured you might be a great person to ask that question too. No, this is a great question. And truly, we do always start with the gut. And that's for several reasons. We have other advanced testing, like let's say food sensitivity testing, which people are very excited about. But the truth of the matter is, is if you have a leaky gut and you have a ton of dysbiosis, you're going to probably have a lot of food sensitivities. Of course, you know, it's, it's, we can't speak for everybody, but in most cases, you will have a lot of food sensitivities because you have a leaky gut. Your hormones are going to be impacted because your gut is not performing the way that it should. And same thing with nutrient status. If yes, you're eating healthy foods, but you're not absorbing them, then it's going to be a much harder road to get to where you need to be from a nutrient standpoint. So we always start with gut testing because if you fix the gut, the rest of the body will actually operate a lot better. And then you can go in after, you know, you've done a few months of a gut repair protocol, and then you can look at things like food sensitivities and nutrient status, things of that nature. But if you fix the gut, it'll improve a lot of other areas of your life. So that'd be, that would uh, help support uh, those individuals out there that are doing gut repair or want to do gut repair and that their brain can actually get clearer. So, I mean, literally like getting rid of like old yeast or unwanted yeast or fungus. And those parasites actually can prevent um, brain fog because I've heard that a lot of the infections give off so much toxins that it's one hard job just to get the toxicity out of your gut system because it keeps going into your bloodstream, into your brain. Um, with those 
testing procedures, Kayla, we wanted to know like the first like biohacking things that you could do like at home. Like let's say somebody's out there and they're like, okay, I know I have gut issues and I know I have brain issues. So mm-hmm. I'm just reiterating what you said. Like if somebody says, okay, can't forget, I can't remember where my keys are at. I can't remember what I did yesterday. Uh, short-term memory is a little bit off. I can remember what happened 10 years ago, but yesterday I just cannot remember. Those are like the signs and symptoms, right? And then what would be something you would say, okay, hey, um, you probably need to start doing this. Of course, come to your clinic and follow you and do these things, really. But what would be the, some of the simple steps you'd say, okay, start these now just to get a head start? Really, testing is key. It's so hard to just give kind of a one-size-fits-all protocol. But I, and we're not the only test, and we're definitely not the only clinic. There's a lot of at-home tests as well that you can get a better understanding of what your gut health status is. But in general, for people to start feeling better, I always say stop doing the things that are harming you, right? If you know that you're drinking a lot of alcohol and we know that alcohol is not only a neurotoxin and really harmful to brain health, it's really harmful to sleep and it's really harmful to gut health, just start to reduce the number of things that are doing that are literally causing harm to yourself. So before you even have to go out and swap all of your your cleaning products for more green or less toxic ones, or before you need to like change everything in your home or spend a ton of money on testing, stop doing the things that are actively harming you. So mm-hmm. things like alcohol consumption, obviously smoking, mind-altering substances, things of that nature. Um, stop eating the processed food. Stop going through the drive-through. Start making meals at home because you actually know what's in it. But just stop doing the things that are, stop scrolling on your phone all night. Stop like letting Netflix steal hours of sleep from you Mm. every single night. It's just not worth it. Focus on the things that are pretty easy to stop doing and they are also low cost and then move on to that next phase. Because to be honest with you, you can do a ton of testing, but if you don't clean up your environment and your lifestyle and your diet and be ready to actually take action, then there's really no point. If you're not ready to actually commit to this and have the discipline to stick with a protocol, because it's not always easy. There's, you know, several supplements, then you might have to take a tincture and you might have to, depending on what is going on, sometimes medications are involved. So you have to really be ready to commit to it. And I would start with just cleaning up all the things that are harming your health. I want to ask this. If somebody say they have, they're starting from ground zero and they're like, all right, I, I need to probably get an air purifier and a water filter. And like some of these things, like what's the most important, like, obviously, like if you can, if you can do the food, the nutrition, get all that, like, if there's one thing you can do for your household, like one investment, like peace, you know, I don't know, EMF mitigation to whatever, like, what is, do you feel like has the heaviest impact that could move the needle the furthest for somebody like that's just starting out and they're like, I can only commit to one thing right now, but what would that one thing be? I would have to say a water filter because obviously we drink so much water. And Mm -hmm. I mean, in my opinion, this might be controversial, but it really should be criminal what is allowed in our water supply. It's it's truly not fair that we have to pay more to, you know, not eat poison. It costs more to have organic food, costs more to have water filtration. But not only, you know, are we drinking the water, but we're cooking with it. Like I said, I use a reverse osmosis with that. You have to be conscious of the fact that it literally pulls out everything. So I remineralize it, but I would start with the water filter. And if you break it down too, and you're buying like bottled water or something of that nature, 
you know, if you think about it as a monthly expense, it's a little bit more tolerable. And also you definitely want to use like glass bottles or something of that nature, not a plastic bottle, because we know that there are all these microplastics floating around in the bottles and a variety of different other things that we're consuming. So we want to try to minimize those microplastics as much as we can. That's a great point. Like with water and Courtney, like I was thinking about the same thing about like, what would be like our biggest hacks? Because, you know, some individuals out there, like when you get uh, basically like feelings of dementia or short-term memory, most people are like scared to do anything after a while. They're like, well, if I start this program, they, they're hard to start bigger programs like digestion. And so I was thinking about the simplistic forms of what they could go into. And I'm glad we're talking about water because what is the effect of dehydration on the brain? That's, that was the thing I was trying to get to because I see a lot of patients come in and they literally have high amounts of brain fog and they have like infections. They may have like old chronic strap or yeast issues, but literally their brain, whenever we start giving them, just tell them, take, you know, six cups of water a day. Cause most people do not drink water as much. Do you find a lot of dehydration in your, in your clinics about people who just never drink water? Oh, absolutely. And we can actually see it in specific elevated lab values that they were dehydrated. So it's, it's very common. I definitely don't think people are drinking enough water or, you know, at times the right type of water, but the brain is mostly fat and water. It's actually really soft. It could be kind of compared to the consistency of soft butter. And so it's mostly fat and water. Our bodies are mostly water. So just if you simply just get a water filter and optimize your water intake and make sure with that, that you're taking some minerals. I mean, that should already help with some mm. at least relief of the brain fog and a little bit more energy because when your body is in kind of preservation mode, because it doesn't have enough water or the nutrients that it needs. I mean, of course it's not going to be optimal in any way. So yeah, really small um, step, but can make a big impact is getting really clean water and drinking enough of it. Yeah. So good. Water is, is really big. I, I fully agree that getting the water filter would be like my first investment. And then I think you just start stacking from there because there's, there's just so much that our bodies are up against, which leads me to the question of, you know, what are the non-negotiables now? Like, what do you feel like for somebody to achieve this optimal level of health and longevity, like extending the road of the quality of your years? Like you've got as many healthy years under your belt as possible. What do people have to do now that maybe we didn't have to do 10 years ago or 20 years ago? Like, are there certain things that's like, hey, like you, we have to be grounding. And if you're not outside and you're not afforded that, like you need to be, you know, using something like PEMF or, you know, like, what is it? Because I feel like we're, we all really want to achieve that, but the world has changed so fast and in so many different ways that it's hard for us to keep up with what our body's trying to tell us it needs. And so we're, we're kind of like band-aid approaching it with, couple good therapies here and there, but we just don't have all the pieces together to make it make sense for our bodies so that we can really feel well. So what, what do you feel like that is, you know, what, what do people need to be doing that you just feel like you can't neglect this or you are not going to experience, you know, long-term health? Absolutely. And I love the concept of combining ancestral wisdom with modern science, right? So there are so many things that we've gotten away from that mm-hmm. habits that are health promoting. So I really see us moving from like box, which is like our home to another box, which is our car to another box, which is our office. Mm. And that's not what we were designed for. Our ancestors were rising with the sun, exposed to the sun, exposed to heat, exposed to cold. 
They were sleeping deep. They were sleeping grounded. They were drinking spring water. You know, they were, they were essentially feasting and then famining. So all of those practices, we need to find a way to bring back because that clearly will offer better health than being glued to a computer screen in a cubicle, going to bed at three o'clock in the morning because you've been scrolling on social media and inducing like fear and anxiety. So it's really taking everything from the past. So like a a great daily routine can be, you know, getting up, getting some sun onto the skin and the eyes, walking around, having some electrolytes, getting some steps in. I mean, movement. I get about 20,000 steps a day, which is far more than many people that I know, but I just build it in. And I, I know that not everybody can leave their office and do that, but we close the clinic at about six o'clock PM. I go out to a park and I walk you know, and walk and walk. I take my calls. I listen to a podcast with wired headphones, by the way, not Bluetooth headphones. Um, Mm -hmm. We can talk about EMFs in a minute, but um, (laughs) yeah. So I think just bringing in all of those, the grounding. So making contact with the earth. The only thing I will say about grounding is there's two things that are starting to concern me a little bit about grounding. I love it, but, and, and the research is definitely there. I mean, the science supports, I mean, grounding can heal Uh, non-healing diabetic wounds over the course of like six to eight weeks. I mean, this is amazing, amazing stuff. The two things that only concern me are, A, you have to be really careful about ticks because we do see a lot of Lyme here. It's very difficult to treat and people feel very unwell. So just be conscious of your surroundings. If you see a tick, please, you know, just get up and leave at that point. And then the other thing is there's so many electrical currents running underneath the ground, but especially if you're in a more remote less dense, less metropolitan area. I mean, I would be grounding every single day, getting mm-hmm. sun every single mm-hmm. day. I mean, just the just a significantly reduced vitamin D lab, it opens you up to so many more illness, brain fog. You become less resilient with lower mm-hmm. vitamin D. And we didn't even really talk about lab ranges, but lab ranges from your traditional doctor, I don't know, I'm sure you guys know this, but those ranges are developed by people that go to the labs. So who normally goes to labs, right? I mean, sick people, older people, you don't really want to have that as your benchmark. So you want to look for something in more like we do here in in a functional optimal range. Mm. So when it comes to vitamin D, really important to get as, as much sun in a safe way as possible. You shouldn't be out there for like six hours a day and beaming sun. Of course, you have to exercise common sense with these things. But really bringing in those habits, forest bathing, nature, I mean, nature, the studies also support that this leads to less anxiety, maybe less depression. Nature is really, really healing. So like I said, I try to get out of nature every day. The park that I walk is there's nice water, very calming. There's Mm. sun, there's grass, trees. So especially the fact that it's summer, get out and take advantage of all these free health practices. That's a huge one. And then when it comes to things like we're doing at Live, it's really getting ahead of the problem before it comes a problem, right? So in addition to doing really in-depth labs, when we think about a, a patient's health, we're not thinking about the next one year, right? Like what can we do for the next one year to throw a Band-Aid on it? We want to look at it from a timeline of the next 40, 50 years. So mm-hmm. what is what do your markers look like now and what could they look like in another 40 years if we don't address this aggressively? Because we know the earlier that you can 
intervene, the better the outcomes are going to be. We also even refer to patients and we're actually going to be bringing one of these to Cleveland to a company called Pranuvo. So this is a full body preventative MRI. I've had several of these over the course of the last few years. And, you know, about one in 20 times, they're finding something life-changing. So when it comes to things like the biggest killers, you know, like cardiovascular disease, cancer, if you can stop that or really be aggressive in treatment before it gets out of control, outcomes are just so much better. So in our executive health program, we do all of the in-depth testing once a year. We do two to three times of our about 45 to 50 biomarkers throughout the year. And then we do things like the Pranuvo full body MRI to check for any types of changes in the brain. You can do look at the liver health. You can look at the cardiovascular system. Even your spine, it of course can catch uh, cancer at stage zero or one. We also do a really interesting test called the GRAIL test, which is a blood test that pre-screens for 50 different types of cancer at stage one. They're calling this a liquid biopsy. So we do Mm -hmm. that in our annual testing. We do a CT angiogram with a clearly soft plaque analysis, which is really interesting. Yes, I have a a podcast episode actually. So what the world of cardiology has found is that we've always been looking for the calcified plaques, right? So Mm -hmm. in mainstream medicine, it's more common to possibly do a um, calcium score. Obviously Mm -hmm. you want your calcium score to be zero, but what I've recently learned is even people with a calcium score of zero Mm -hmm. have roughly a 20% chance of having a cardiac event. And why is that? So the calcified, the calcium score is going to show you the calcified plaque. Odds are that plaque is probably not breaking loose and causing an event, but the soft plaque can. So there is a AI company called Clearly. And so they analyze a CTA and then they can actually identify the amount of soft plaque that you have. So all of these things are super important. We also do a DEXA scan. We want to look at bone density because we know, especially for women, this is a really big issue. And we want to look at muscle mass because we know that sarcopenia or the loss or wasting of muscle is also incredibly problematic down down the line for future health and future vitality. So I guess from the most free basic outside walking to the most advanced like full body MRI scanning, I'm not sure where, you know, everyone will land on that, but it it can be super in-depth or it can just be basic stuff like removing the harmful things, adding in these um, ancestral practices that can certainly move the needle on your health. To me, like that is amazing though, with that soft plaque, the name of the company is clearly, and what is the name again of the device that you use? Because that's amazing to me, especially with infections. Yeah. So clearly is the AI analysis. So you do need to get, and you know, you can get a referral for a CTA. The images have to be a specific quality. So we can include some of the details in the show notes, but then it can analyze it. So for example, my clinic, if anyone has a a CTA, they can actually send us the imaging and then we can upload it into the clearly software and it'll give you the analysis back. And their goal was really to be like a full picture of heart health that's more comprehensive than what we had before. So that's the exciting time about the world we live in right now. I mean, AI technology and the data set is getting so much better. Like as an example, the founder and CEO of Pranuvo, Andrew, was a good friend of mine. So that's the full body MRI, Pranuvo they are creating a data set that we never had before. So if you were to look at like a 30, 
year-old female that's healthy, there aren't a ton of, let's say, brain scans or full-body MRIs on this individual because we weren't doing this before. So now that they have so much data, they're actually able to start mapping what you should expect at certain stages of life mm. that we simply didn't know before. This is uh, with the soft placking. Would this be in congruency, like when you're talking about the infections? Because I was wanting to ask you when you say Lyme disease, like what are some of the most common infections that you think or you see affect brain health? Because individuals may have like old chronic strep or they may have some viral issues and they would never expect that that would have a link. Also, I like to investigate in the clinic where you're talking about soft plaque, about how some of this soft plaque can also house, they say, some of the infections and they can actually get on the sides of your artery walls and it can create more inflammation. With that, what are the most like common types of infections you would ask patients or individuals when they get a scan? Like, okay, they have soft plaquing. What are some of the infections you would say what to look for if they had it in the past? Like if they had chronic strep, do you see common infections when we're talking about brain health and the plaquing? Well, there's no doubt that chronic infection definitely impacts the brain. So most commonly in our clinic, we'll see Lyme, some reactivated EBV, which is mm. pretty common. Obviously, we had another virus over the course of the last two years, and there can be some residual issues with that. We have some interesting protocols with like hyperbaric oxygen therapy, IV therapy, and some IV ozone. Mm -hmm. IV ozone, you know, it's been used in medicine for a long time, but we've seen some incredible results with different viruses. So it's not extremely wide, widely known, but if you can look it up and it's near you and you do have a virus, mm -hmm. you most certainly want to get that under control as soon as you can. And some of these, um, we'll call them alternative therapies like IV ozone or ozone saunas can really be helpful in, in expediting results for these types of viruses. But the virus is usually, when we look at a patient, it, it sometimes comes a little bit further down the line because we want to look at all of the basics first and then just based on symptoms, but um, we kind of take a deeper dive. And it's really important because people can feel really unwell, of course, you know, and then once you can resolve that, people start feeling better. Yeah, I, okay, so- I've heard of the Pronovo and I've been really interested because there, there's only like a couple places in the country right now where that that testing is available. I think like maybe down in like Boca Raton, Florida, maybe California. So you said you, you guys are going to be offered. There may be elsewhere too. I just, I know when I was looking at it several months ago, because I know of a lot of people in the health space that have proactively kind of been utilizing this new type of technology. If it's overwhelming for somebody to think about because- my first reaction is like, okay, I'm about all things health, but how in the world am I going to be able to afford this? Is there, do I, if I feel good, do I need to be doing this? Because maybe there's a chance something's hiding under the surface that I'm unaware of. Like, wh where do you sit on that? Because I do think that there, there is this, this level of like knowing your body and then this level of like, living in constant fear. And I straddle that line too. Like I do struggle with that because on one hand, like I want to be able to invest in my health because I, I know the world we're living in, but I also want to live my life and not be mm -hmm. like having a, an anxiety attack. And I, we're seeing so much decline in mental health. I mean, people are struggling. Children are struggling. I mean, mm -hmm. I have kids and they, they even struggle with this at times. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is stressful as a parent because I'm like, you at seven years old do not need to be having insomnia issues and anxiety oh. and worry. So like what, you know, where, 
I guess in your thought, because I'm unpacking probably like seven questions and into one here, but you know, as far as like mental health, because that's something that is, I feel like everybody probably can, can relate to struggling with some component of that. You know, what do we, what, what's like the big issue that we really need to be looking at why that's really spiraling for so many people? Well, without a doubt, if you look at the decline of our health, there's, there's a, a parallel line basically with the decline of mental health. So what we're doing to our bodies, we're doing to our brain and what we put in our bodies, all of the things that we've discussed already is so critically important. But then we have, you know, the inclusion of all of social media, right? I mean, people are literally addicted to their phones. We used to live in a world where you only compared yourself against the people in your high school or the people in your college or the people in your workplace. Now you're comparing yourself to every person in the world and they're at the top of their field. So I think that the this addiction to social media, I mean, and, and the science supports this too, is such a big issue. We're not sleeping. I mean, even one night of poor sleep can increase glucose, reduces creativity, you know, increases so many negative biomarkers. So we have to prioritize just getting ourselves well, because I truly believe if we can improve the health of our body in parallel with reducing the negative inputs with, with brain health. And, you know, we have this amazing ability to rewire our brains, right? Neuroplasticity. And if all of your inputs are negative, if you work at a negative place and your coworkers are negative, and then you're comparing yourself against everything on social media, and then, you know, you're unhappy with your life now. I mean, our brains are literally wiring to have this automatic default, essentially. So Mm. Negativity is going to be our natural state. We have to, and it's, you have to be very um, intentional to actually change the way that your brain works, to change the way that you think, but you can definitely do it. So, I mean, people have to basically put guardrails around their mind, right? And the same thing with diet and things of that nature. If you don't want to eat ho-hos, do not buy ho-hos, you know, just put the guardrails around your own life. Like I keep very little food, to be honest, in my fridge and very intentional food, because even though I probably could have the willpower not to do it, let me just set myself up for success by creating the environment that I'm going to thrive in. And same thing with our thoughts. I mean, Mm -hmm. I have worked so hard to make sure I only follow positive people on Instagram. I'm not comparing myself to people. My internal workplace is really positive. And you can't change these things overnight, but you can be very intentional about it. Practices like gratitude have been backed by Mm -hmm. science to make a substantially positive impact on your mood. And that actually compounds over time. So I always say you can't be grateful and hateful at the same time. (laughs) And every day, one of the biggest things that I think leads to my mood is not only all of the things that I do in my life for health optimization and biohacking, and maybe we can go through my routine, but also the the guardrails and the intentionality that I put around my mindset. So from what I'm reading to what I'm watching, to what I'm looking at on my phone, to the people that I have around me, I make those positive inputs Mm -hmm. so that my brain is literally wiring for more positivity versus wiring for more negativity. I think it's a good point about your biohacking routine. I mean, can you go over some of that? Or um, I was just yeah. thinking. The I was same about thing. to ask because I want to know because I'm going to write <laughs> down notes, Kayla. Like I need to do these things. But yeah, if, can you give us an example for that for the crowd? Yeah, 
yeah, I'll kind of talk about my morning. And, you know, I want to preface this with, I own a clinic, so I'm very fortunate to have access to all of these things. So I'll talk about like my summer routine is actually much less of the devices and mm-hmm. more of nature. So, I mean, I definitely get up in the morning, get some sunlight into the eyes. I love these like element electrolyte packs. People all over the internet are big fans. I have one of those. I go to the gym. I work out. I used to actually work out more. I was working out about six days a week prior, but I actually started to optimize my workouts and just do more sets to failure. And now I'm spending a lot less time in the gym. So mm-hmm. I'm spending only about 30 minutes in the gym, about four to five times a week. Um, when I leave the gym, I either stop by my clinic and do cryotherapy or just jump in my shower and do a cold shower. The caveat is if you're looking to add a lot of muscle, then you don't want to do cryotherapy immediately after working out because it can slightly decrease the amount of muscle mass that you might put on. I'm pretty much maintaining right now. So you could also do cryotherapy or cold therapy prior to a workout because the studies show that it actually gives you better endurance. So you can do Mm -hmm. more sets, more reps, et cetera. So I do my workout and then I do my cryotherapy or my cold shower. I have a red light panel on the back of my door. So as soon as I get out of the shower, and this is another thing, it's like habit stacking, right? So you set it up so that it is conducive to your life. So I get out of the shower. I obviously would be already like brushing my hair, doing things like that. So I just do that in front of a red light panel, do about 10 minutes, apply lotion, brush my hair. I can listen to a podcast and finish up my red light. I, um, you know, do a little bit of prayer after that. Some people might do meditation, but I do some prayer and journaling. And I mean, you're creating like a bulletproof mind almost in the morning. So it one win leads to many wins. So if you can set yourself up for success and it's going to be annoying in the beginning, right? No one really wants to wake up early. No one wants to do the same things, but if you create an environment that breeds and promotes better habits, it eventually will, you know, take hold and you will love it. So then I come in to work. Um, I drink some like organic, I do lab tested. So it's like third-party lab tested for molds and mycotoxins, coffee, um, couple times a week, we have a hyperbaric oxygen chamber here, which is amazing for brain health. I do that. We also have PEMF. So in the summer, I definitely spend more time like grounding and just being in nature As I said, after my work day around six o'clock, I will go to the park. And I also try to take as many calls as I can um, Mm. on the phone, outside, just getting steps in. That's how you get 20,000 steps in a day. You just always are kind of moving um, regardless of, you know, if you're on a call or just being intentional about walking. I also do, let me see here. I mean, I do some IV therapy. So I've had a Nutri-E valve done. All of my IVs are very dialed into what I actually need. So that's really cool. A couple of times I have an infrared sauna. I do it five to seven nights per week. I do it before bed, really helps improve my sleep. Um, I feel like my sleep situation is super dialed in. So I have red lights in my room. There's no blue light in my room. Um, After a certain time, usually around 7 p.m., I have actually a Faraday cage around my bed, which is like blocking for EMFs. It's kind of interesting, but I've seen improvements even in my sleep from that and my HRV. So that's pretty much it, you know, moving my body, working out, red light, cold therapy most days of the week, and then sprinkling in some of these more, I would say like advanced biohacks like IV ozone or ozone sauna or PEMF or hyperbaric, things like that. Man, I have got to step my game up, Kayla. <laughs> I mean, that I was think, great. I just want I mean, to come I, live I with mean, you. This is good stuff. I, <laughs> it is. It's really exciting, but I feel just like I'm always bursting with energy. And, you know, like I said, you don't have to have access to all of those things, but 
just doing the basic things that you can do for free in nature are mm-hmm. going to put you, you know, ahead of where you are now. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. Okay. This has been so good. I know this is, I always love just getting a peek into people's world. I'm like, Me what too. are you doing? Because you know so much. So what are you, what are you spending your time doing? Cause that, I always love that. And now I just, I feel like your, your household is just, must just be like, that's, that's kind of like the dream setup. I feel like I, I, I have some of those pieces in play, but you know, sometimes life gets a little hairy. So things don't always, you know, I just, Trust I Trust me, I, Kayla, she does have some of those in play. She has some cool, I do. cool stuff. You know what? Oh, I, I like to stack. I like to stack the coffee enema and the red light and the PEMF mat. And I'll like lay on it in front of the the light panel with the coffee enema. And that is like, that is my 20 minutes of, that's my golden hour of my day. (laughs) I love this. I, I love that. Also a big fan. And you know, that's, we have to do these things because if we stack it, it takes up so much less time. If I just spent time doing all the things like health things, I would literally it would take up my whole day and yeah. I'm running a company and building another company. So I have to be really intentional about how much time I spend on that as well. Yeah. Mm. It takes it time. Mm. It always takes time. And I think that when you start to take uh, more concern for yourself, like whenever you start to pay attention more to yourself, you realize how much you miss out in the sense, like I would look at how many things I need to do in the day, like you're doing and say, oh, I need to do this for my health, do this, this, and this. And it takes a lot of time to take care of yourself. And I think it's why we always often neglect it, you know? And so people say, I'll just take too much time. We're going to take care of everybody else and try to get these things done. So looking into your life and looking into your day, you're thinking it is possible. You can get these things done. So it's going to challenge me though, to do these things, especially for my brain. I've been doing more work for my brain as well. So um, I really appreciate this podcast because it's really shown us some good stuff. Yeah, this has been great. And so I would love to just bring this all together and have everybody know where they can connect with you because you're very active on social and, but obviously you have a full clinic as well. There's so much value that you bring to people, even if you don't live in an area where you can access her in person or her, um, her partners and her clinic and everything else. So can you give us a rundown of where people can find you, connect with you, learn a little bit more about what you're doing, some of your resources, those kinds of things? Absolutely. Um, so my Instagram is my name at Kayla Barnes. I'm sure we can link it in the show notes. And then I have a personal website, um, which has my podcast on it. Well, my, my partner's podcast, and that is, um, KaylaBarnes.com. And then to learn more about the clinic, it is live the wellness space on Instagram and then also live dash wellness.com. And that's L Y V dash wellness.com. Perfect. Yeah. We'll link everything in the show notes. And very good because I think that uh, mental health and brain health is just often neglected. So for everybody out there, please check this out because if your mind goes and your mobility goes, it's not a very happy life. So I always say kudos to you, Kayla. Thank you for putting this information out there and for making it a forefront. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a real pleasure. Yeah. Thanks guys for joining us. If you love this episode, make sure you share it with friends, like, and subscribe. You can find us over on YouTube. You can watch the full video there. So make sure you head over there, tag the health Institute. If this has added value to you in any way, and thanks for joining us. We always love to partner with you in your journey to better health, and we will see you on the next episode. Bye everybody. Hey, Dr. Axe here. I want to say thank you so much for listening today. 
If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to like and subscribe to the show so you don't miss a thing. Also, if you're in search of more natural health content, you can follow us at Health Institute on Instagram or subscribe to our newsletter using the link in the show notes below. Hey, thanks a lot and have a blessed week.